who's ready to rock. Today, Fire Nation, JLD here, and welcome to episode 1493 of EO Fire, where I chat with today's most successful entrepreneurs seven days a week. And we have a free eight-day goals course for you, Fire Nation, freegoalscourse.co. Get goal-focused. And now let's chat with today's featured guest, Chris Myers. Chris, are you prepared to ignite? Yes, I am. Yes. Chris is the co-founder and CEO of Bodhitree.com, a leading financial management solution for small businesses and startups. He's also a columnist for Forbes magazine and a frequent contributor to MSNBC. He's recently published his first book, Enlightened Entrepreneurship, which is available on Amazon and iBooks now. Chris, take a minute, fill in some gaps from that intro and give us a little glimpse of your personal life. Wow. Well, thank you, uh, John. I, you know, b- being an entrepreneur is a uh, 24-7 gig, as, as you know and as oh, your yeah. audience knows. But, you know, I, when I'm not at the office, I, I've got a five-year-old little boy and uh, a wife at home. And so they both keep me extraordinarily busy. Uh, you know, I think that I'm a fairly high-energy person, but I'll tell you, my five-year-old can put me to shame. I wish I had an <laughs> ounce of the energy that he has. Uh, but yeah, you know, my days are spent between running the company, which is we're going on our sixth year now, which is amazing. And wow. In fact, I think I think you and I chatted back in maybe 2012. It was 2012 because you were episode 29. Yeah, and we were both getting started at that time. And uh, look at us now. So <laughs> I'm busy with that and writing and uh, just living life. Well, I love it. I'm actually looking over the show notes page from episode 29, which again was over 1,465 episodes ago. And the book you recommended was The Art of the Sale, for anybody that uh, can remember that, by Philip Broughton. Um, And just some really cool things. When I think about that interview in Fire Nation, go back and listen to what was going on in both Chris and my world. Again, we were kind of both getting started. He was a little further down the path as far as timeline than I was, but we were both still figuring things out and, and, and doing this and doing that. And, you know, now here we are four years later, you know, doing very similar things, just growing our businesses. And now you have this book, Enlightened Entrepreneurship. So let's kind of talk about this for a second. Like what was the inspiration for you after, you know, running Bodhi Tree for six years to launch Enlightened Entrepreneurship, your first book? You know, I have learned so much along the way uh, over those six years. And in fact, pr- uh, prior to us talking today, I went back and listened to uh, the interview that we did those four years oh, ago. Oh, you did? That was great. And um, yeah, and you know what? That The difference between you know, four years ago and today is really uh, the reason why I wrote that book. I've learned so much over that period of time and frankly – uh, thought that the journey that I went through would be interesting and applicable for other entrepreneurs. A lot of folks don't actually uh, share the unvarnished truth of what being an entrepreneur is like. Right? You read these books and they're they're exciting and they're interesting and they give you good ideas, but they they kind of focus on the good uh, and not on the tough times. And so I thought, you know what? Let me share my entire story and uh, you know see if I can help some other fledgling entrepreneurs. So I'm going to put you on the spot here a little bit because obviously your book is is not just one or two points, but what are one or two points within your book that you really think Fire Nation would sit up and say, wow, I need to take notice. This is something that I need or want to learn more about. You know, so there's really two key points that I think that uh, I want people to take away from reading the book. The first one is that 
when it comes to entrepreneurship, when it comes to leadership, the single most important trait that you can develop in yourself is a sense of self-awareness. Self-awareness is absolutely central to success in building, scaling uh, a business, and also managing a team. So that was a, a, a something I learned over my journey and over that period of time uh, was that you know I thought I was being self-aware, but but I really wasn't. Uh, it wasn't until I went through. Uh, kind of the grinder a little bit, mm. uh, so to speak, uh, through certain realizations that I, I came to that uh, to that point. The second one. Well, let's hang on that for one second because I want to talk about that sense of self awareness. So, when you say that, like, what specifically do you mean? Like, how were you maybe not self aware, and how have you since become self aware? And how can maybe us as entrepreneurs really identify what stage we're at? Yeah, you know, I think it, it manifests in a couple of ways with me uh, in particular. I mean, the first one was that I thought that just because I was an entrepreneur, that I had started a company that had some traction, uh, that I was automatically a leader. That, you know, crowning yourself as the CEO and, and co-founder is enough to actually inspire people and drive people forward and, and create really you know, phenomenal results right out of the gate. Uh, and that wasn't the case, right? I realized I had a lot of learning I needed to do. I needed to be more empathetic with people. I needed to understand uh, their perspectives and where they were coming from. I needed to be able to communicate more effectively uh, because the team I had originally built was very small and then, and it was successful. But as we grew, I just assumed, hey, more of the same will be good. And it wasn't the case. Uh, I knew that I needed to change because I had people that weren't happy. I had performance that wasn't what I was looking for. Um, and it's easy to point outward when you run into those challenges uh, when you're scaling a business. But nine times out of 10, you really need to look inward and look at your, yourself as a leader, not just as an entrepreneur, as an idea person, and uh, change accordingly. The, the second part is, is intellectual honesty, and we can get into this in a little bit, but one of the big changes from four years ago to today has been our business model. When we launched and, and went through uh, everything back in uh, 2011, 2010, I think, at this point, um, you know, we were going direct to small businesses, and we had early traction, and it was great. But as we moved forward, uh, that traction started to trail off. And we didn't know why, and we didn't know if it was the product or the approach or, or what it was, and had to really be honest with myself that that model that we had going direct to small business uh, was not working. It was not going to work. And so we pivoted to institutions away from going direct to the small business owners, uh, which was a scary process. It meant a major uh, rethinking of our mission, our go-to-market approach, the product, the team, uh, basically everything you can possibly imagine. It all really uh, came to a head in that pivot, but it proved to be tremendously successful for us. And I don't think we could have gotten there without uh, really a, a spirit of, of intellectual honesty about what was working and what wasn't working. So intellectual honesty, how do you feel like our listeners, Fire Nation, can maybe look within themselves and see and maybe even make sure that they are practicing that intellectual honesty within their business? It's something that you have to develop over time. And it's a very difficult thing to do because becoming an entrepreneur and starting something from scratch, starting something from nothing requires this Herculean effort, this 
passion that is unmatched by just about anything else and you know a just maniacal devotion to the cause so those are all good things but the bad thing is that the passion that drives us and that devotion that you know propels us forward often blinds us to the things that we don't want to see so i think the way fellow entrepreneurs and, and your listeners can uh, start to cultivate this internally is by practicing mindfulness for one and trying to Take time every single day out of your busy schedule. Maybe it's early morning. Maybe it's late at night. Uh, I'm an early morning person. And distance yourself from your business. Literally sit back and try to poke holes in what you're doing. You know, play the devil's advocate with yourself. And I think in doing so, you're going to cultivate the ability to identify those things that aren't working, that need to change, that you may not really want to admit to yourself, uh, you know, things that are maybe uncomfortable to accept. But that is a skill that has to be practiced. And it's the single most important thing uh, that I can, uh, advice I can offer to other entrepreneurs. Uh, I think that, you know, and I'm sure that you know this as well, that we tend to be our own worst enemies, right? It's not external forces. It's not the market or anything along those lines. We sabotage ourselves as entrepreneurs. And so being able to really proactively work against that is huge. How long did the book writing process take you from actually starting writing pen to paper all the way through to where you are right now? You know, it took me about three and a half, four months. Um, but I'm a pretty fast writer. I, I write every day and I write for Forbes, uh, publish probably five to 10 columns a month, wow. just depending. And it's, it's a great passion of mine. And frankly, it's a great uh, relaxation effort uh, for me to really go through. And, and, and really, it comes back to that, that intellectual honesty and self-awareness, putting pen to paper, working through the things that I'm dealing with in the business in real time, uh, makes it flow very easily. And so I've developed over time the ability to write fairly rapidly. So it didn't take me all that long. Um, but I will say that, you know, in, in a certain sense, I've been writing for years now. So, you know, how long did it take me to write the book? Physically, it took me like three and a half months. Mentally, six years. <laughs> so, <laughs> No, it's so true. And a lot of people are asking me, John, like, how are you getting out an email a day to your audience? And you're, you know, you're publishing on different platforms. And I just say, listen, like that email that I'm sitting down and writing, that it's, it's, it's actually like meditation for me. It's getting like the thoughts in my head, out of my head and like down onto paper and sharing with the world. So just kind of get in that kind of mindset. Don't look at it, Fire Nation, like you're recreating the wheel, you know, just say, hey, I got thoughts in my head. I'm going to put them on paper and I'm going to move forward with that. So Chris, in these three to four months that you were writing this book and doing the editing and the final finalizing of everything you definitely encounter some things you probably haven't experienced before because, again, this is your first book. And, yeah, you've been running Bodhi Tree for six years. But what is something that you actually changed your mind about during this book writing process? Meaning, like, what is something that you believed, like, four or five months ago before that you just don't believe now? Yeah, that's an excellent question, John. I, I think the, uh, the single most significant realization that I came to uh, really had to deal with my views on empowerment in the workplace. So as I was writing the book and I was articulating the things that I wanted to be true, the things uh, and the behaviors and staff and team members and everything that I wanted to see, I realized that, frankly, I was wrong. 
<laughs> about it. So, you know, in the past, I had always been this big advocate of a highly autonomous, uh, highly uh, empowered workplace where people were free to come and go as they pleased. And they were, you know, they had their own little uh, almost micro businesses inside of the larger organization in terms of what they were responsible for and the like. Uh, and that structure uh, was actually a hindrance to uh, productivity. But as I was writing this and as I was editing and going back and looking at my own thoughts, I realized, well, hold on a second. Every time I'm writing about this, I'm writing about what went wrong with that approach and why that didn't work and what problems that created. And it was this really amazing aha moment for me when I sat back and looked and said, wait a minute, I'm not providing enough structure for my team. Right in in trying to be so open and uh, empowering, uh, I'm actually letting people flounder, and so that was a huge moment for me, and you know changed a lot of things internally uh, to make it actually more structured, but but honestly more easy and more approachable for my my team members. Fire Nation, it's so important that when you're building a team that you're making sure as much as it is possible that you are guarding your time, your energy, that you know the power that you're bringing to your business, to just the energy that you have in life, and you're guarding that, and you're having your team fill in the blank so that you can focus on what you're great at, so you can amplify that, and that's what Chris was able to do over those four or five months that he was writing his book and still have Bodhi Tree rock and roll while he was still doing everything else. Now, I like to get down to brass tacks, Chris, I call it, and I just want to know what value is Fire Nation going to get from reading enlightened entrepreneurship? Like, what is the the core that they're going to be walking away? They're going to be like, you know what? That was worth my time. I think that they are going to walk away with the most uh, straightforward, unvarnished and honest opinion of what it takes to build a successful entrepreneurial venture in today's day and age, warts and all. Um, you know, when I wrote the book and I gave out advanced copies to uh, my team and my investors and everybody, they they went, "How? why would you be so transparent? Why would you write this? Why would you share these things? Because, uh, I mean, it's, it's out, everything, the good, yeah. the bad, and the ugly. Uh, and my response to them is always the same. We are very strong today, but we're strong today because we are open, we are honest, and we're transparent with everybody that we work with across the board. And I have no shame in sharing uh, the things I've struggled with, the things that we did very well, the things we did not do very well. And I think that you know when you looking when you're looking at business books and blogs and everything. Um, you know, entrepreneurs today are conditioned to tell the story that they are just crushing it 24-7. They're killing it all the time. Everything's great. We're, we're going to the moon, right? Um, but all of us who've actually started the business know that's not the case all the time. There are ups and there are downs. And my goal here was to, to share the most transparent and, uh, and really open account of my journey so far. So I think that it's a, an a an approach and a perspective that they're not going to see elsewhere. So if they're curious about uh, what it took to build this company, uh, check it out. I think that I think that that's the value. Fire Nation, I think it's because of Chris's open communication that, frankly, he's still around. I mean, guys, 
Four years have passed since I first interviewed Chris with Bodhi Tree, and I have to be honest, like I have seen past guests of EO Fire's businesses come and go. I, I've interviewed people who I interviewed, you know, even just two years ago, who since I interviewed them the last time, their business has completely flopped and they've had to reinvent themselves and now they've come back with something different. And so now guess what? I've interviewed them again on a different business, on a different topic. And I love telling that story because I don't want you as a listener to think that every single entrepreneur is on a rocket ship to the moon because they're not. They're going to have the struggles and we want to be transparent as possible. And Chris has been able to keep Bodichu going now for over six years because of his communication and because of his team building and because he doesn't have these unrealistic expectations. Now, you, Fire Nation, should have unrealistic expectations for the lightning round because it's going to be awesome. So don't you go anywhere. We're going to take a minute first to thank our sponsors. Investing. It's that big, scary word that most people shy away from because it sounds like too much work. But what if you had a platform that was simple to understand, easy to manage, and inexpensive? If you're looking for an online broker who will let you customize and automate your investments, then M1 Finance is one to check out. You control what percent of your money goes into various stocks and ETFs, and then M1 does all the work to enact your plan. You get all that with no commissions, just a low 0.3% five annual fee. Get started with as little as $100 today. Visit m1finance.com slash fire and our friends there will give you six months of service for free. You get custom portfolios, automated rebalancing, fractional shares, no commission, and for six months you get it all for free. That's m1finance.com slash fire. M1 Finance is a registered broker dealer, member FINRA and SIPC. I'm terrible when it comes to design, which is why it's the first thing I'll delegate to someone else who knows what they're doing. But it's not always easy to find qualified designers. Sound familiar? If so, I have just the place for you, Design Crowd. Design Crowd helps startups and small businesses crowdsource custom graphics, logos, and web designs from designers around the world. All you have to do is start by posting a brief that describes the design you need. Then Design Crowd will invite its 500,000 designers to respond. Within hours, you'll receive your first design, and over the course of several days, a typical project will receive 60 to 100 plus different designs to choose from. All this left to do is pick the best design and approve payment to the designer. Visit designcrowd.com slash fire. That's D-E-S-I-G-N-C-R-O-W-D.com slash fire for a special $100 VIP offer or simply enter the discount code fire when posting your project on Design Crowd. Chris, are you prepared for the lightning rounds? Yes, I am. <laughs> what was holding you back from becoming an entrepreneur? Timing and fear. You know, uh, when I started the company, I had literally, I think, three weeks earlier found out that we were going to um, start to try to have a baby. Wow. <laughs> and, and I think it was basically right after we had actually started the company that we found out, guess what? We're pregnant. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, that I was scared. I was scared to start a family and a business right around the same time. Um, but you know what? I jumped in and have no regrets. What is the best advice you've ever received? So I got to know uh, a writer named Ellen McGirt, who wrote for Fast Company and, and a bunch of other uh, business publications uh, several years ago. And she, I asked her the question, what was the best advice you can give any entrepreneur? And she said, write every single day. 
doesn't matter if it's good, doesn't matter if it's formal, doesn't matter if it's scribbled in the margins of a notebook, write your thoughts down every single day. And I've done that. And really, that's how the book was created. It's helped me to articulate my vision, clear my mind, um, and really, you know, plot a, a good path forward. Yeah, there's an author, I can't remember his name, but he said, I write every time I get motivated. And I just happen to be motivated between nine and five every single day. <laughs> exactly. And Stephen King, the great main author, my home state said, writers write. That's just what they do. They write. Chris, what's a personal habit that contributes to your success? So I practice mindfulness every morning. I get up and uh, go through kind of centering exercises to, to really reflect on where we've been, where I want to go, where I am today. And I found that you know, actual formalized mindfulness uh, practice helps to calm the anxieties that go along with being an entrepreneur, clears the path forward, uh, and sets you up for success. Can you share an internet resource like Evernote with Fire Nation? Yeah, so there's a journaling app called Day One, and you can get it on the Apple uh, App Store, and the and uh, it's for both PC or I'm sorry, uh, desktop and mobile. Uh, but it's a great journaling tool, and it really comes back to writing every single day. Uh, you can just type in notes while you're on the subway, while you're traveling, whatever it may be, and uh, you know when you look back over time, you're going to see that you uh, can really tell a narrative of where you've been that you may not realize, uh, you know, just thinking back. So hmm. day one, I, I highly recommend it. Chris, if you could recommend one book to join enlightened entrepreneurship on our bookshelves, what would that book be and why? <laughs> you know, one of my favorites is actually called Startup Land. And it was uh, written by the guys that, that created Zendesk. And yeah. I think it's a very similar... Um, journey. I mean, they, their rocket ship has been uh, probably a little steeper than than the Bodhi trees just across uh, the 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 segment that they serve. But I did really appreciate the candor, and it was an interesting perspective into you know when the gears mesh as they have for those guys. Um, you know, what kind of problems and challenges are you going to encounter post scale? Uh, so I highly recommend that one uh, in addition to my book. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, let's end today on fire with a parting piece of guidance, the best way that we can connect with you, and then we'll say goodbye. Perfect. So we uh, have set up an actual a special page just for uh, your listeners. So oh. if you go to bodietree.com, B-O-D-E-T-R-E-E.com slash fire, you're going to see not only uh, references to this interview, but also a special discount code good for 50% off of Enlightened Entrepreneurship. So bodietree.com slash fire. Uh, check it out and hopefully Fire Nation takes advantage of it. Well, Fire Nation, take action, take advantage. And what's that parting piece of guidance? You know what? Take time for yourself and take time to reflect on where you have been and where you are and where you want to go. It's all about self-awareness. It's all about intellectual honesty. Uh, but don't let the act of being an entrepreneur blind you from the facts that you're facing at that very moment. 
Fire Nation, you're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you have been hanging out with CM and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And head over to eofire.com. Just type Chris in the search bar. His show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today. These are the best show notes in the biz, timestamps, links galore. And of course, you can also check out episode 29 if you type Chris in the search <laughs> bar and get a nice chuckle there. And of course, your final call to action is bodietree.com slash fire. Head over there. Chris has got some really cool stuff over there for you. Discount code included. And Chris, I want to say thank you for sharing your journey once again with Fire Nation. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Thank you, John. Let's not make it four years before we talk again. (laughs) Holla. (laughs) Hey, Fire Nation. Hope you enjoyed our chat with Chris today. And I'm dropping value bombs daily on Snapchat and on Instagram. It is the only direct mentoring that I do, and it's the best way to start your day. So find me, John Lee Dumas. It's at John Lee Dumas on Instagram. I'll catch you there, or I'll catch you on the flip side.